Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. In my work interviewing guests, I've occasionally encountered Christian business people who are a little sad because their daily work is valued so little in their local church. One businessman said to me, they only seem to want my money. But business is valuable in its own right as a legitimate aspect of society. Many of the Bible characters could be said to be involved in some kind of business. Abraham, Solomon, uh, Lydia of Thyatira, many of Jesus' disciples, not to mention Jesus himself, were all engaged in forms of business. The book of Proverbs is full of sage advice to workers and those involved in business enterprise. In recent decades, business has been seen valued as part of the way Christians might serve society, particularly those outside the Christian church. Christians have traditionally uh, given money to serve the poor, but they can also set up businesses which provide employment and dignity for those in nations where work may be hard to find. So to discuss business as mission and the leadership implications, I'm joined this week by Joe Plummer. Joe has been serving in uh, Youth with a Mission for 22 years, for the last 17 years in the Business as Mission resource team, developing Business as Mission strategy and resources for the Business as Mission movement broadly. She works to develop the global network for Business as Mission called BAM Global under the umbrella of the Lausanne movement. She's married to Mark and they're currently serving together with YWAM Thailand, they're originally from the UK and they've lived in Chiang Mai, Thailand, since 2008 and have three children, Jack, Edward and Evie. So we're, we're chatting across the uh, airways via Skype. So welcome, Joe, to the Leadership Farm. Thank you, Andy. It's good to be with you today. Great, great to have you. Um, so, I mean, how did you get involved in business's mission, first of all, Joe? Well, we were, we've been in mission uh, since the 90s and I think we were just... Uh, having some just different encounters and light bulb moments, really, that opened us up to what was at the time a fairly new idea of bringing mission um, and business together. So one one example is just we had some friends who had been working in Central Asia in uh, the countries of the ex-Soviet Union as they'd been opening up. And in in one particular country in Kazakhstan, some of the influential leaders in the government in that region were coming to some of the missionaries and saying, well, you know, do you have any contacts in the police force back home? Because now we're governing ourselves and we need to train up our police force and we need help or educators or tax lawyers and, and so on. So the, the church leaders and the mission network there began to see the opportunity to impact, not just to help build the growing church in those nations, but also to bring God's kingdom ways into every part of society and be be witnesses for him in every level of influence. So we were starting to have these kind of conversations, you know, dreaming. What would it look like to bring the kingdom of God in the marketplace into the professional and business spheres? Um, uh, another experience we had was in China when we were there uh, just as part of a short-term outreach team, and we, we saw it was really poor and it was really remote. Uh, there were valleys there that were miles from anywhere, the gospel hadn't reached there. And we were thinking, you know, how could the gospel, how could you ever bring the gospel to somewhere like this? And the, the mayor was showing us around and he, I guess he thought we could bring foreign investment money in because he kept showing us business opportunities, you know, uh, fruit canning and hydroelectric power. And at the end of our trip there, he just said, 
you know, if you ever want to come here and do business, you'll be really welcome. And that was a bit of a light bulb moment for us. So we had a few encounters like that um, over the years. Um, so when we were praying about what to do next in about the year 2000, uh, my husband's Mark is uh, passionate about training and I'm interested in communications and helping mobilize people. So when we, in the year, uh, about the year 2000, when we were praying about what to do next, uh, just the whole idea of taking our, our passion and our experience in training and communications, uh, we, we just thought we would, it would be the next good move to take that into creating resources for businesses mission. So in the year 2000, we helped start the businesses mission resource team in the UK. Wonderful. Well, Joe, and along the way, you talked about, um, you know, seeing the kingdom, the gospel into, um, you know, places where, where that was not known and heard. Um, so you're kind of briefly your sort of rationale from a mission perspective uh, for what you're doing. Yeah, I think obviously it's always important to think about what the Bible says. Hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's first of all, it's important to, to say uh, that before you bring mission into it, business itself can bring glory to God. I think God has given business intrinsic value and purpose. And so you you don't have to be doing business with an intentional mission for it to be valuable. We're working hard, creating excellent products, doing all that with integrity. Those are things that are glorifying to God. Um, however, it is quite strategic now in, in um, contemporary mission to to uh, to use a business strategy. Um, and I think that that's uh, particularly so because uh, we're, what we're thinking about taking care of the whole person, uh, not just taking care of the poor or sharing the gospel message, but bringing those two together in an integrated way. And, um, you know, Jesus gave us both the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. And uh, we have seen how business can be a powerful way to do that, to meet people's needs. Because as you said earlier, business creates jobs and working in jobs with dignity is the way that families should be provided for in the long term. Um, you know, work is where most people spend most of their waking life. So if you want to build relationships with people and teach them God's way to be witnesses uh, to the gospel in word and deed, then the, the business context is a really good place to do that because you are coming into contact with your customers, your employees, with government officials, your suppliers. And so the workplace is a really natural place to do mission. Um, and in contemporary mission, or oh, this isn't a new phenomenon. I think the Apostle Paul talks about this. You know, he, it was a model he used. He, he was making tents, I think, to provide an income, yes, but that was just one of his reasons. He was using his life in, in business strategically. He gave him access to networks. He spent time every day with people. He uh, had the opportunity to share the gospel message in the course of everyday life, and he encouraged the, in his letters to for the disciples to do the same and he was giving the early church an example to follow so uh there's nothing new but in contemporary mission i think it's particularly strategic to bring to have business people going out to to bring business and mission together because we're often trying to reach people uh with the gospel in the most difficult to reach places where you know the doors might be closed to traditional missionaries, but it's open for business. Um, so doing real business with, 
with you know excellent products and services it gives people a stable understandable role in the community where they can have a positive influence they they'll have respect their role there is credible understood it's sustainable because they're there in their business they're working in their business and therefore their message can also be credible um and uh yeah i just want to add that you know saying this that business is now quite strategic um, in contemporary mission today. Uh, I don't mean to say that we don't need other missionary models. You know, business's mission is not just the new thing that everyone should be doing. It's just one strategy. You know, we need church planters, we need radio ministry, we need community health care and so on. Um, but I think that one powerful thing that business's mission does do is it helps disciple the emerging church um, in those places that we're trying to reach uh, to be marketplace leaders and influencers. So uh, one of the dangers with a more traditional model of church planting is uh, that the missionary will go in and they make disciples and they're being a model for the new believers, but the model that they're showing with their lives is to be a pastor or missionary. Right, so then yeah. <clears throat> new Christians in that emerging church will think, well, to really serve God, yeah. I need to leave my job shut down my business and go to Bible school, which is fine if, they're, if that's really what God is calling them Indeed. to do. But we really need cre Christian leaders in the marketplace. And, yeah. and those leaders need models. So to have people going out in business uh, as a model, I think that's very powerful. No, absolutely. Um, and I guess I was reflecting on this um, kind of business's mission concept. And I guess m many people see, certainly Christians in the UK, as leaving business uh, to serve Christ as they see it, whether that's a church or charity or become a missionary. Uh, and that kind of gives the impression that serving in business must be inferior and that you kind of, you know, you, you get the exalted status when you become a pastor or a missionary. But actually right. you're saying, no, if that's the calling for you, stay in business, but, but do things in a different way, potentially. Yes, exactly. Um, we do need people to be to pursue the calling that God is asking them to do. Yeah. And we, we shouldn't value one vocation over another i think you know historically we have done that we in the western church we've elevated the role of the clergy or the missionary yeah. uh, and the sacred and we've diminished the secular and therefore the role of the laity and the and it's a so-called sacred secular divide which i'm sure your mission your listeners will be familiar with um, but then we've exported that thinking as we've taken the, the gospel overseas um but the bible obviously addresses the whole of life you know we're not going to just be spirits floating on a cloud somewhere. We're going to be part of a new heaven and a new earth. It's, and all of creation is under God's uh, lordship. Um, so if I, if I could just leave one message from our conversation uh, or take one takeaway for business leaders listening to this, people in the professions, people with business skills, uh, accountants, um, uh, yeah, HR people, whatever it is the role that you're doing is that your vocation is not any less holy or sacred than that of a pastor or missionary. We obviously will have different roles and responsibilities and different role even in the in the life of the church, but it isn't, there's no less value um, to that role. Um, so if, if God has called you to be a pastor or missionary, great. But if he's called you into the oil industry, wonderful. Do that with excellence. Do that with integrity. We need the people of God being salt and light in every industry and 
workplace. Oh, that's well, well said, Joe. Well said. Well, we're coming to a break now. So you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by uh, Joe Plummer. She's been serving with Youth Will Mission for 22 years and particularly heading up the Business as Mission resource team. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Joe Plummer. Joe has been serving in uh, Youth with a Mission for 22 years, the last 17 years in the uh, Business as Mission resource team. We're talking about the, the whole concept of Business as Mission. She's uh, joining me on Skype uh, from uh, Thailand, from Chiang Mai. Uh, so your narrative uh, to being in Thailand, Joe, how did that uh, all come about? Right. So we've been in Youth of the Mission for a long time, um, but... Uh, after we'd been, we started the Businesses Mission Resource Team in 2001, and we were in the UK then for six years. Um, but then we started to to want to launch and run regularly training courses. Uh, so, as we began to to think about that, we we realised that being in a cross cultural setting ourselves, uh, and also closer to more working models of Businesses Mission, uh, was something that would be desirable. So we could actually show people. Uh, what that looks like and have them experience other cultures as they do their training. Uh, Thailand is also, Chiang Mai particularly in Thailand, in, it's in the north of Thailand, is a, is a very strategic hub for mission resourcing. It's Thailand is a an, like an island of religious tolerance surrounded by other nations where it's more challenging to live as a foreigner, okay. let alone a missionary. Right. So although it has its challenges, obviously, li- living here, um, Chiang Mai itself has become a resource hub for mission training and networking the whole Southeast Asia region. So we sometimes joke, you know, all roads eventually to Chiang Mai uh, if you live in Asia. You know, where we live, people come here for conferences, they have offices here, they have their member care resources, so they come here for retreats and counseling and debriefing and so on. So people are always coming and going from here. So if we're, if you want to do a a training, a resource type of uh, mission ministry, then it's a great place to be. So that's why we're based here. Okay. We've, we've been living here for nine years now. Okay. So um, just to talk about the, the kind of uh, approach, the methodology of what you're doing, and, and, and perhaps to anticipate uh, some, uh, so not criticism, but certainly some skepticism about doing business as mission. Um, you know, there, there are those who think, well, mission really is about sharing the gospel, the, you know, the, the verbal sharing of the gospel. And they, they ask, well, if you're doing business as a missionary, certainly don't you really need someone who can articulate that? And don't people who come to, to, a, a mission, to a business that has been set up by Christians, aren't they a little bit obligated to, um, I don't know, to be warm towards the faith or do they feel a bit awkward or patronized? Can you talk to those kind of fears and skepticism joe for a moment yeah certainly those are there's a few questions in there so let me try <laughs> sure, and unpack sure. that um yeah i mean obviously we need to guard against the pitfall of, of rice rice christians right, you know yeah. we we can't link a job opportunity too closely with a profession of faith you right. know there has to be a healthy separation of those two things yeah um and you know if if you're really doing a, a for-profit profit business, that company should be doing all the things that companies should do. You know, it should be profitable in the long run, otherwise it won't be sustainable. It should be doing excellent work. It should be producing good things. There should be a working environment that people can thrive in and feel motivated by. It shouldn't be shoddy or fake in any way, or at least we, this is why we're encouraging people to think about doing, um, not just setting up something uh, fake or 
pretend so that they can reach people, but really doing it with excellence. Otherwise, their message won't be credible in the long run. So, um, so it, people should want to work in your company if you're doing that. Um, so there shouldn't be negativity. Um, but I did think about there's a whole class of companies that we know about um, in our own um, environment, you know, social enterprises, companies that are deliberately set up to have a positive social impact. Um, and we have those in, in business's mission as well. So there's a there's a reason why the Bible asks us to help provide for widows and orphans. And that's because those are the kinds of people who uh, it's difficult to find it difficult to provide for themselves in the economy. So the same is true today in business's mission. You know, we have, for instance, uh, businesses that are started to help people coming out of human trafficking, people who've been re uh, rescued from the sex tra trade, disabled people, the kinds of challenges they face uh, getting a job in the first place or, you know, then uh, having the skills that they need as employees means that if you were perhaps doing the, the business strictly for profit uh, with no uh, other motive, no social impact, no philanthropic motive, then you probably wouldn't hire that person at all. So that's a positive example. You know, there are many businesses out there that are very intentional about being social enterprises who, who run their businesses in such a way that they are uh, reaching those people who perhaps find it difficult to get a job. And I think that can be a really positive thing. Um, maybe they need donations as well as their profits from the business to keep it running. But it is a, a, a kind of business model. Um, but of course, we have to make sure people have dignity in their work. You know, we can't abuse people's stories or whatever to help sell more bags or T-shirts or whatever. So that's, a, that's quite a big topic that I'm kind of touching no, on. No, no, sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you. No, that, I think you've articulated um, really well. What there. else yeah. did you say? You said... The, the other question, Joe, was whether um, or the extent to which it's easy to share the, the, the ideas of the gospel in that kind of context yeah. with, with the employees who perhaps... You know, because the employer-employee relationship is is an awkward one, and um, you know, uh, you, you wouldn't want to abuse your position as an employer, and how that kind of works out. Yes, obviously you have to be careful. Um, you can't force people to respond to the gospel. Uh, that's the Holy Spirit's work, right? So it's uh, we can't we can't closely associate that you keeping your job and you know becoming a Christian. That that would be um, an abuse of power. But I think that on to say something positive about that, you know, the workplace is where really you know, the gospel can really be effectively shared um, because you're spending time with those people, your employees, your customers. So, and you're, it's about your whole life. You're living out the gospel in word and deed. You're, you're, you know, if someone steals from the, the cash box, you know, you can talk about honesty. You can talk about telling the truth. You can model it. I mean, you can model the fruits of the spirit in the everyday working life. And then you can also have an opportunity through that relationship you're building to to share the gospel message and i think there does need to be a verbal articulation of the gospel we can we can we can point to people through to jesus through the way that we do business um, but in, in business's mission we also need to to share the gospel verbally we we sometimes talk in business's mission about the 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 different bottom lines in business you talk about the financial bottom line i.e what you're left with when you work out all your profit and loss and uh, the pro 
are you in the red or the black? That's your financial bottom line. And we talk about, okay, also what's our spiritual bottom line? What's our social bottom line? What's our environmental bottom line? If this uh, business is going to also be a good steward of the creation. Um, so having a spiritual bottom line, being intentional about um, sharing the gospel, whether or not people respond, that's an important um, part of business's mission. It's difficult. It's more difficult to measure than the financial bottom line, but it's it's definitely something that's important. Okay. Well, sadly, we're coming to the end, uh, Joe, but I do want to ask you uh, to give you some, some examples of the kind of things. I don't want, obviously, you may need to talk in generalities if you don't want to be specific about the right. actual business, but, but into the kind of things that, you know, you've hinted at them already, but just to articulate the kind of businesses that tend to work or tend to be used in this fashion. Oh, there are there are all sorts in every industry, right? Okay. From uh, big chemical plants to to small coffee shops, okay. um, and IT companies uh, to manufacturing um, small, you know, furniture and uh, household items. So okay. many many uh, different models. Um, Often we have restaurant businesses and cafes in uh, businesses' mission because it's a good way of getting to know customers. And um, it's often, it, you know, in business we talk about what your unique selling point is. So as a, as a often, you know, not always, but often it's a foreigner doing business in another place. And, and they might, for instance, want to start a pizza company because that's a, there's a high need um, for pizza or IT is uh, often used uh, a good business because uh, you know information doesn't need to it's easy to cross borders so people can take IT skills and they can work virtually with one another in different parts of the world you can have a client in the US and but your uh, staff can be in India so that's another example that works well Uh, manufacturing um, for instance there's uh, manufacturing uh, candles and soap uh, would be a good example because that might be the people what the people have skills in so they're cross people um, that you're working with the, the community that you're in um, or we have a f- friends doing uh, knitwear in a- Asia because you know the, the women can knit but they need help to know what to knit something that's going to appeal to the audience the market that they're trying to create and, and sell to um, so that's where the business owner come in, uh, but they can employ lots of um, women and they sit around with the women and they knit together and they talk together. And so different businesses uh, create different opportunities. So a friend told me that he thought about doing a coffee shop in China, but he decided in the end to do a, a gym because in that culture, um, that just was a more appropriate, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of respect for coach type people, mentors, and you know, that was just doing a gym and being a personal trainer was um, a good way for him to, to build a community of people, and he was wanting to build relationship with the clients, with the people who came into the gym. Um, so it just depends on the, the context, uh, really. Uh, lots of different business models work. Well, as I say, Joe, sadly times defeats us, but I understand you have a uh, a new BAM conference uh, Europe in Romania, May 2019. So that would be something right. to mention. Yes, that's right. We have uh, a, we run a BAM conference in the USA each year, and now we're starting a brand new conference in uh, Europe, and it's going to be 
from the 3rd to the 5th of May in 2019. And the, and the website for that will be up in May this year. Um, so that's bamconference.eu. So I, I just encourage people who are listening who think, well, I want to get involved. You know, I think the most important thing is to ask God, you know, if you've called me to the marketplace to do business, you know, where do you want me to do that? You know, and, and is it, am I to have the influence for you and be your witness here uh, where I live in my local community? Or, or do you want me to take that and do that somewhere else in the world? So, uh, but after asking God, I think it's great to, to connect with other people, connect with other people's stories, talk with other people about this. Um, there's tons of uh, resources on our website, businessesmission.com, books, articles, stories, and so on. Uh, but getting together with other people um, is a very powerful way to be inspired, to know what the next step is to take. So, yeah, we warmly invite you to come and join us at the BAM conference in Europe. Wonderful. Well, it's been a terrific to chat with you, Joe. We could um, we could have probably done another program as well, but <laughs> um, yes. but thank you so much. You've been listening to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck, joined by Joe Plummer, who's uh, works with YWAM in uh, business as mission. So I uh, do uh, check out the um, the website uh, with more uh, details that you can. So thank you, Joe, so much. Thank you, Andy. It's been great to join you today. And uh, thank you for, for listening. Do obviously, as always, go to Premier's website and listen to archived versions of The Leadership File. Go to the Premier shop and get a copy of my book, The Leadership Road Less Travelled, which includes uh, uh, art, uh, pieces from um, previous guests on the show and what stuff that I've learned about leadership in the 12 years or so that I've been running the show. So I look forward to your accompanying in next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. 